We are It's More Than Just a Chant. We are inspirational creators, difference makers, world changers, and we are one community. Join alums Jared and Ross as they uncover stories of Penn Staters and their unique professional and personal journeys. We are Penn State, and this is Lion Legacy. episode number 37 of lion legacy and ross we are making history tonight with lion legacy and why would that be jared tell us about our history making episode here well of course as our listeners know normally it's the two of us who are co-hosting and chatting with our guest yes sir and tonight we have a third co-host someone who we know very very well I actually roomed with him three years at Penn State, Mr. John Bellman. Yeah. So, uh, and first of all, John, say hi. Hi. I, first off, thanks for letting me join in uh, today. It's great to be here. And also, I'm glad to be in uh, part of this history making podcast here. You're famous, right. John. Yeah. So, the reason why we have John on with us is to so Jared um, reaches out to me a few weeks ago when he books our, our guest that we're going to tell you about today. And so this gentleman that's our guest, I'm looking at the resume and super impressive MD PhD program from Penn state. He went to, he's currently at Yale studying even more. And I'm like, this is like John's background. John has an MD PhD from Yale, which is where our guest is currently, but Penn state background, the whole thing. I'm going, this is John's resume. And so Jared's like, I'm going to ask him to come on with us. I'm like, you should, because here we are, Jared and I, like a couple of goofs speaking to this intelligent guy that's doing all these great things in the science world. And so it's only fitting that we have one of our good buddies here that can speak the the medical language. Yep. It's John's brother from another mother. Yeah. (laughs) And I got to say, so, you know, I roomed with John three years and sophomore year where we're in Simmons. We both know John since freshman year, right? But, you know, you get to know someone really well when you're rooming with them. And I remember walking in probably early on, sophomore year, first semester. And I'm like, John, like, what do you, what do you do? What are you studying for? He's, oh, I'm studying for organic chemistry. I was like, okay. And I started looking at John and John is, John's studying is almost like he's reading a magazine. Most people are like deeply intense, really taking notes. And John looks like he's skimming and flipping the pages. And I'm like, man, this guy is, I, I knew back then. Well, I knew, I knew even before, cause John was a, you know, was a Stryer's honors college from day one, but I knew then I was like, man, this guy is, is something else. So uh, I was like, hopefully all the smartness will just transfer over osmosisly to my <laughs> brain at some point during, during my sleep. One of the many things I love about you guys, uh, you make me feel good about myself. So I appreciate it. There you go. <laughs> John, what was your favorite memory, by the way, of our roommate period? I, I think it was the tuna fish episode, right? Uh, <laughs> that that that's definitely up there for sure. <laughs> we're not we're not do, gonna for, for I don't think we I don't know if we should get into this for the listener, but you know. no, I do, should we share? I could give an abbreviated version. You gonna All give right. some uh, some some bad ideas for uh, for dorm life? Uh, I, I, I guess we've already I, I guess we've already alluded to it, so I think you have to go in. Now and I have get, to go. I have to go in. I'll give a yeah. A quick all right, little, go ahead. Quick little uh, story I think, here. I will say, I think it, it, it it's pretty up there in the pantheon of college pranks, right? I, I would have to say. So 
it was April of sophomore year. I hate tuna fish. Like it's very well known. All my friends know it as well. I had these couple buddies that lived in another dorm. They decided late at late night to take a water bottle, fill it with tuna fish juice that they've been marinating on for weeks. And when we're sleeping, they squirt the tuna fish juice under the door and they create this puddle. And I come back in the morning from the shower and I'm like, it smells so bad. And I thought it was me who smelled really bad, right? I mean, what else? And I then look over and I see there's a puddle of what I thought was water by the door, but soon come to realize it is tuna fish juice or what? Yeah, tuna fish juice, whatever you would call it. And I remember I woke John up and John was too happy. You weren't too happy with me waking you up at 630 or seven o'clock in the morning. No, 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 no. It was five in the morning. (laughs) It wasn't that early. It was. I woke you up that early. Yeah, I think you had. Didn't you have the the five k? Oh, I had to go somewhere. You're right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And I remember yeah, I, I, I left like two hours before that. <laughs> I left and it was. <laughs> I left and I left and the, the tuna fish juice was still there. I think we actually had to clean it up in the afternoon. This was like my worst nightmare, and I apologize to you, John, because they did that to our room, but because of me. Yeah, it's uh, that is your fault. Uh, honestly, I think I've heard that story like numerous times, and I, I honestly think I'm going to be sick just like visualizing this. Oh my god, it was bad, and and the culprits were Greg, Mike, and Brian. So there you go. Give him a shout out. <laughs> Give him a shout out. Exactly. Hey, before we move on to Olivier, we gotta also give a big shout out to Penn State alumni students for what they've accomplished record-breaking 13.7 million dollars for penn state dance marathon for those of you who don't know about penn state dance marathon it is the largest philanthropic student organization in the world raising money for childhood cancer and i think if you're affiliated associated with anything penn state you are just immensely proud around what this community does year in year out to fight childhood cancer yeah and and, you know it's so funny i I don't i can't recall what the totals were jared john when we were in school many moons ago but i like we felt like every year they couldn't go higher and yet they kept going higher we hit the the financial uh crisis in 0809 they still maintained and then years later they just kept growing and growing i mean just just millions upon millions of dollars to go to such a great cause year after year. It's really, really, really admirable. Yeah, it really is. And I will say also, look, give it, Jared, I'm going to give a shout out to our friends over at the alumni association and the Penn Stater magazine. They had a really nice, what I'll call an oral history article about the history of Thon in the most recent issue. I thought it was really cool. They got a lot of people that were affiliated with Thon in its initial years and how it started and what was involved and, and how it uh, Thon itself evolved over the years, even up until more recent years, moving from the White Building to Rec Hall to Bryce Jordan Center. It's cool. So for those of you in the Alumni Association that get the Penn State Magazine or go check it out online, it's a really cool article. I saw that as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And while we're giving shout outs, I also want to give a shout out to Mallory Ryder 
who is a student in the Penn State podcasting class. She actually found our guest today, Olivier, who you gave a little bit of an intro and has just a, an amazing background. And I think you'll learn something pretty unique about Olivier as well in that he's done a lot of work in the academic space, but also founded a company. All right. And with that, enjoy the episode with Dr. Olivier Noel. All right. Let's welcome Olivier Noel, a 2021 MD PhD graduate in biochemistry and molecular genetics from Penn State's College of Medicine. Listen to this, Ross. Olivier graduated from Queens College with a bachelor's in chemistry and biochemistry. He then goes on to Penn State and spends some time as well at Temple University School of Medicine. And now he's at Yale as part of the Integrated Plastic and Reconstructive Program. I should also add, he's the founder of DNA Simple and was recognized by Forbes' prestigious 30 Under 30 Award. Welcome to Lion Legacy, Olivier. Thank you, Jared. Uh, thank you, Ross and John, for having me. And you mentioned John, and we spoke about this in the intro. We have a special co-host tonight, John Bellman, who is also an MD, PhD, from Yale, undergrad at Penn State. So we have two geniuses on this podcast. No, no offense to you, Ross, my friend. No, no offense taken. You know, I was going to say, Jared, where do you find these slouches from? <laughs> you know, I we're, no, but, but seriously, we were in the, in the presence of, of great intelligence and, you know, and then there's Jared and I, and we're just a, you know, a couple, couple of goofballs here, but in all honesty, Olivier, uh, thanks for joining us. Super impressive background. And, you know, we'll kind of put you in the lifelong learner category. Tell us about how your, your time at Yale's going. Yeah. Thanks again for having me guys. It's, it's, it's going well. It's, uh, into my first year with the plastics group here, which has been great. I mean, it's been really busy, sort of as expected for the first year in the surgical program. But overall, I'm pretty pleased. It's a good group here, a good group of core residents to work with. The flow of the surgeries and the experience here has been really good. So I think y'all is a great place, and I'm, I'm pretty happy uh, to, to spend the next six years here. And lifelong learner indeed. Let me ask you, Olivier. One thing I enjoyed about med school was seeing how each of my classmates went from being first-year students and then deciding to train in their specialty of choice by the end. And I'm curious, how did you land on plastic surgery? Did you know that you wanted to go into that from the beginning? Yeah, it's a good question. I actually didn't, didn't know much about plastic surgery the first year. I mean, as you can imagine, first two years of medical school, everyone just has this idea perhaps what, what they want to do. And, and at first, I, I thought I wanted to do derm or genetics and, and really do mostly research. And until I got a chance to be in the operating room with some of the folks here at, at, at Penn State, and you know, I didn't take me long to realize that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I think overall, I really like the the diversity of the cases. Plastic surgery, truly one one field where you operate from head to toes and all the way from hair to soft tissue to the bone. And the reconstructive aspect of things is what really caught me. It's uh, no two surgeries are the same. And the free-flowing and the innovative spirit that the field allowed. If you could think of a surgery to reconstruct a certain defect, you could go ahead and there's not necessarily an algorithm or a book that you have to follow. And if you ask a plastic surgeon about three questions, you might get 10 answers about how to do things. And I think that would well in my personality and in the innovative aspect of things. I like the fact that you get to think, you get to create your own ways, your own surgeries in a way. And that, that really caught me. And here I am, I think pretty early on, first, first, first week of third year, I was already committed and went through the year and still, still pretty, 
excited and excited to be part of this build. So just a question, because you talk about plastic and reconstructive surgery, and you mentioned how broad it is. Are you going to specialize even deeper into like one area? Yeah, um, I think so far I like microsurgery. I mean, it's specializing in a sense and, and not so much another, because that allows me actually to do reconstruction from head to toe, being able to really... It's essentially surgery with using a microscope is reattaching blood vessels and, and, and uh, the arteries and veins. And you're, allowed, you're able to do that everywhere. You could move some, a piece of the leg uh, to the back or vice versa because that's a defect you want to try to fix. So I have a special interest with the allotransplantation, so a face transplant and hand transplant. So I think down the line, that's probably what I'll, I'll get a bit of a more of a focus there, especially how it bodes well within the sort of the research that I want to do. But I think microsurgery overall is where I want to focus on in the future. Excellent. Hey, Olivier, the workload alone, I imagine, is pretty, pretty intense, pretty immense. But somehow, during your years in grad school, you created a company, right? As if going to grad school and, you know, <laughs> ultimately, and all, everything that you were doing in the academic world was enough. And then you launched a company called DNA Simple. So give us the background. What's DNA Simple all about? Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily advise uh, doing that in grad school. <laughs> uh, yeah, DNA Simple. Actually, it's a, it's a company I created to try to solve my own problem at the time. So you know, long story short, I was studying uh, when I just started my PhD. We had just uh, as a lab raised about you know $7 million. We had our own sequencers. We Pretty much everything we had to run an ALS project, but the one roadblock was getting enough patient of a certain background with a, a specific genetic variance that we we're looking for. And so even despite all the money and all the infrastructure, that was really the bottleneck. And I realized that was uh, the case with many other big research projects at other institutions. And so, you know, came up with an idea to try to solve that problem. And the idea was that instead of recruiting patients from your own institution, which could take a long time and, you know, highly dependent on the diversity of the patient in your area, decided to create a national database where people could sign up online with all their information with the same HIPAA and uh, Privacy Act that you would at a hospital. And our algorithms will match them to a research study that's looking for somebody like them. And so at that point, we'll match into the study and get the, their DNA or other genetic material that's necessary the same way as you would have done it in person at a hospital. And so you know, the idea just started it and I had, uh, I actually took my, uh, what is it, three weeks off that we have as uh, grad students and spend all of it out in Silicon Valley in, uh, in California, started a company and got some funding off the ground and, uh, you know, and it worked out. So my eight year MD PhD program ended up being a 10 year MD PhD program, including with the year and a half that I took to, to run the company full time. So that's the big picture here. And what's the benefit to a person like myself to, to give the DNA? Sure. So I think there's it's multiple aspects, right? You talk to folks, particularly in the rare disease space, who want to participate in research studies and folks like you, but don't know how to, or it's really a cumbersome process to go to the hospital. You don't know the studies and folks are have 10,000 posters on the wall looking for, Hey, do you, you know, did you smoke for three years? And, and it's just not a very efficient way. So I think from your perspective, you get to participate in the comfort of your home. The altruistic aspect, I think it's something that we're trying to emphasize. And you also get to be part of any financial gain that's uh, part of the process. And so sample collection is, there's a lot of money actually involved in it. And so what we've done is be the third party where we facilitate that as a service for research labs and the recipient actually gets a piece of that as being a participant. 
Okay. And do you also work with uh, pharma companies as well? or We do. We do. So we try to do academic and, and pharma company. Actually, we just signed one. I guess we I can't really talk about it yet, but with, with a pharma company where we'll have facilitate drug development in, for them. And so it's pretty exciting because, again, folks like you, anybody with no background or anyone with, without any background in science gets a chance to participate and actually impact things in ways that, that necessarily that can't really be done efficiently in academia. Uh, and yeah. so I think that's one of the things we're really excited about and can make a, a dent into a rare disease space or even some, some of the cancer studies and some of the large studies is really where we try to make an impact. Got it. And and just not being a science guy uh, like myself. So you talked about like the behavior of smoking. Then you're talking about DNA, which is more, correct me if I'm wrong, gene-based. You're talking about the behavior now and, and somewhat of the uh, genetic makeup of a person and yeah can you just help me understand yeah i i think in in maybe medicine in the past or up really till maybe 20 25 years ago we, we we sort of label diseases as you have this or you have that and i think in the past 20 years or so we've the more especially after we've been able to really quickly and cheaply sequence our dna in other words understand how our sort of genetic makeup much better than we did in the past. Now we're realizing that a lot of those diseases are really a spectrum. And, and depending on the background that we have, you fall, there's a range, there's a fluidity in it. It's not just you have, you know, cancer. It's like you have cancer, but you have this variant. And we understand the genetic background of it. And so we can attack it this way. And so two people with the same cancer theoretically won't get the same therapy. And that's really what we mean by personalized medicine and sort of where we want to get to as a field in medicine, we're certainly not there yet. We've made more progress in certain fields, but the ideal way would be you come in, your genetic background is what's dictating even diagnosis and certainly treatment. And, and that's really why those big companies in academia are racing to, to sequence as much as they can and do those uh, clinical trials and, and such to get to that personalized medicine that people have been throwing out for some time now. So that, that's why it's so important. It, it's important to understand that you have X condition, not so much that you have X condition, but what's the specificity of yours versus John versus uh, Ross versus Olivier. And so that you could target the specific mechanism for your condition. I'll, first, I'll just say, I mean, obviously a really cool idea, but also thanks. I mean, someone who's, who's very involved and interested in research, it's very important. And I think it, it'll uh, add a lot to, to medical research. But I, I have to ask about your experience on Shark Tank. <laughs> so you get to pitch them your idea, you get a hug from Sir Richard Branson, uh, you secure a deal from Mark Cuban. It's really cool. I'm just curious, what's that experience like dealing with the sharks and be really interested to hear more about that? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, certainly one of the most, the coolest experiences of that. Still the sub restrictions in terms of what I can say about it in terms of, at least in on air, but it, it was really cool. Meaning them. I think after the fact was actually even more fun, uh, getting to talk to them as not shark, but being in the show, I, th I think I was more excited and nervous just to, to get in there and, and sell it. I think that the, the thing is generally, it's not the format for a science startup. It's usually a physical product that people traditionally understand right away. So that was a little bit of my reservation to be able to, you know, get them excited the way I, you know, I'm excited about it. And and I think I was able to do that, but it was really cool. I even got to stay in touch with Richard Branson, which was, which is pretty awesome. It was great. Yeah. And you had two offers there too, which is just super impressive. There's a lot of people yeah. there, right? Leave that show with nothing. <laughs> well yeah. done right there. Yeah. I'll say I used to watch Shark Tank all the time. I, I don't watch it as much anymore these days, but I, I saw the clip 
And wow, you pitched. It was straight to the point. They got it. And it's boom. There was usually it's the whole, tell us about your sales. What have you done? Right, right, this back and, and, forth. That. and they're running you through the ringer to understand your business model in like less than 10 minutes. And then it was just like, they asked a couple of questions and boom, you've got two offers. I'm like, wow, that was sharp. That yeah, was sharp. yeah, thank you. Yeah. I also watched it and I got to say, so you were on in 2017 and you said in the beginning that we are due for a new <laughs> pandemic, a catastrophic disease. <sighs> and listening to that now in 2022, that was really eerie. So what did you know or what yeah, do you I, know? I, I was not hoping to be right, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, get, I actually just get, get this question quite a bit. I think we, I was chatting with one of the producers in terms of the importance of, you know, again, personalized medicine and, and why it's so important. And then we, the conversation about a pandemic started, was brought up. And, and I was making the point that we, we probably do for one, every hundred years or so, if you look at history, that is just, it just happens. Like earthquake, you haven't had one in a while, it, it's going to come. And so that was like the point I was making to emphasize the importance of, of personalized medicine and the ability for a disease to come and wipe people out if we don't understand it. And the way we really understand things is from the genetic standpoint that I was saying earlier. It's funny, well, not really funny, but that, that <laughs> here we are, what, three years after that. But, but really, it wasn't in the spirit of, listen, we, we, we do get them every hundred years or so, and, and we, we probably do for one. But I, I was not uh, really thinking that it was that imminent, unfortunately. Yeah. And then further to that, so beyond the financial support that you get as a, a byproduct of the show, what type of other ongoing support do you receive from Mark Cuban and his team? How often are you in touch with them? How are they helping yeah. you out in, in DNA Simple? Sure, sure. I think uh, early on, one of the advantages was a connection. So he's not exactly in the sciences, but I think, sure. you know, I could remember a couple of times where we needed to talk to X person from this field and he'd be like, oh, I know somebody in there. This is portfolio is quite large. I'll put you in touch. So it was pretty easy because this is incredibly responsive, actually. Uh, we would think so you text the email the guy at 235 in the morning you get an answer at 237 consistently which is yeah that was one of the, the shocking things and i'm not even kidding and so i think from that standpoint it was really helpful we do have you know other investors another major investor also who's even a little bit more in touch with the sciences and so it's the same so i think in terms of contact talking to people and, and open some doors that instead of sending a bunch of emails you get straight to it through it and, and, and our and other investors have been you know, really big advisors. So I think me being in the field and my teammates also being in the sciences, so we, we kind of understand our, our topic. So the help has really come in to complement that. So connections and, and, and such. And we got to say, Mark Cuban also has a connection to Penn State through his brother, Brian Cuban, who we had on uh, last year. So there's always a Penn State connection somehow, some way, it seems That's like. right. There's literally a Penn Stater everywhere. <laughs> so let me ask you, Olivia, you're making some great strides with DNA Simple. What's your future vision for the company? You know, it's a good question. And that, that sometimes fluctuates a bit. I think for now, we're looking to get to as many studies as possible. We were focused on studies and just saliva and DNA. We've expanded to urine samples and stool samples. So we expanded the number of studies that we do and, and we're trying to get into the clinical trial arena, which we've, we have a lead and we're just starting to do that. So I think that's probably where we could make the, the next you know, biggest impact, finding a way to partner with underground folks and drive some of the clinical trials that, that we talk about. That will be the next uh, big step for us. 
we've got a great partnership with the Daily Collegian and every episode students submit questions for our guests. And this week we hear from Kendra Welch, a senior managing, sorry, a senior majoring in management information sciences. And I wanted to ask this question as well, but she did. She said, you grew up in Haiti. What was it like uprooting your entire life and moving to Queens, New York, where I'm actually from as well? So we got a bunch of connections on this podcast, Penn State, John and you, Yale, and now me and you from Queens. Yeah, a lot of connections. So the question could take the whole, uh, whole time, really. It's uh, 18, just finished high school, and one suitcase, uh, 80 bucks in my pocket, just came in. And to be honest, not really a concrete plan. And, and figured it out. And I didn't know I was going to, to, to go. It was certainly a change. You go from a whole different country with everything in French, and you just switch off to a whole different system and a whole different thing. So I really didn't have a plan at first. And, and so I think a mantra was just work hard and you'll figure it out. And that's how it happened. So, and yeah. then just listening to everything that you've done. So emigrating from Haiti, going to school, tutoring kids in French and Spanish, you worked in retail, you've done it all. Where do you get this drive from? Where does this motivation and the kind of the fi- fire in the belly, so to speak, where does it come from? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know if I could pinpoint one one source, really. I, I think I've always enjoyed, I've always sort of been a go-getter and, and have ideas and go for them. And growing up, I, I think I was put in this sort of position to be, or expectation to be a role model of my brother and younger cousins. And so knowing that they were watching, I've always tried to be a role model. But I think I've always enjoyed giving 100% everything I do. So, you know, you do it 100% or don't do it at all. And once I start something, I can't really slow down. It's got to, if it doesn't uh, feel crazy, I'm not going fast enough type of thing. So, <laughs> and I've, you know, I've always been like that since uh, I can remember. And in high school, I know I, I was in love with chemistry and I'm like, I want to be a chemist and I want to be the best chemist. And, you know, I ended up loving medicine and didn't know I could do the two and realized I could do MD, PhD. And that's how that happened. And I have a bunch of ideas and I think I've always tried to live that way. And so I think it, it just become a uh, second nature at some point. I just, I just like it crazy, chaotic, uh, organized <laughs> chaos is the way to go for me. There you go. And Olivia, I want to also, before we, we move into the next section, I want to give you a chance to plug DNA simple going back to that for a moment. And again, to be clear, as you mentioned earlier, this could be for anybody, anybody can sign up. Anybody could get involved and there's all the, we won't get into all the, the, yep. the how everything works, but anybody can sign up and, and eventually be chosen to, uh, you know, to, Pre- to participate, but tell us, uh, plug the website here. How do people check out the, uh, the company? Precisely. The, the idea is that you at home get a chance to participate in a research study and move, uh, the field forward. So if you have a, a special c- a condition or someone with a, a rare disease or any condition at all, or even no conditions, cause we're looking for control. Sometimes you could go on dnasimple.org and sign up, uh, on our website. We will be launching new studies soon, actually. So that'll be a good time to go and check it out and see if you can participate. The idea, if there's not an active study looking for someone like you, it's always okay to sign up and participate. If there is one, then you will get a link. It's a very easy step, easy way for you to get involved and you can get paid for it. And so if you match a study and you provide a saliva, all anonymous, obviously, then whatever is, uh, your money is involved in the study, then some of it will go to you. It's a, it's, it's a great way for you. You don't have to be interested in science as long as you have the drive to help something and help maybe someone who has a condition that you know of or just wanting to help. This is uh, sort of the idea why it was created and uh, we'd love to have you uh, check it out. 
Well said. Let's hope all the listeners go dnasimple.org and uh, and register. So we're going to switch gears a little bit, put you in what we like to call the Lions Den, brought to you by our friends at Lions Pride and reminisce about your time at Penn State outside of just studying and hitting the books, which <laughs> I'm sure was quite a quite an experience. Just remember, though, when you want to show off your Penn State pride, visit lions-pride.com for the latest and greatest apparel and merchandise. Olivier, certainly great background, uh, very successful. Love hearing your story here today. Tell us how Penn State prepared you for your career and these professional endeavors that you've taken on. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's hard to put in more. I've spent more time at uh, Penn State than than anywhere, really. 10, 10 overall, than more than the undergrad and that I will spend on, uh, at Yale. I think the foundation for it all. This is at an amazing time at Penn State. I think I'm most grateful for the advisors I've had particularly Dr. Gerhard, my PhD advisor, uh, who was a Penn Stater himself, undergrad and medical school, ended up being faculty and subsequently went to Temple. But it really starts there. I mentioned earlier, the idea came from trying to solve my own problems doing research at Penn State. And I think the foundation for my PhD really stems from, the, this is what's driving sort of uh, that aspect of things. I think going back, it's hard to put into words what I've gained out of Penn State. I've, there, I've been there for so long that it's you don't realize that it's you are Penn State, really, in that sense. But I think two of the four most influential advisors that I've had come from this, my PhD advisor and my medical school advisor. I think uh, it's almost impossible to quantify the impact they've had on me. Both have been at Penn State for, as mentioned, 20, 30 plus years. Incredible, incredible. And those are a number of folks that I still keep in touch with, that I still check on. And that still check up on me and that I've uh, learned an incredible amount, both from the medical st- side of things and the uh, scientific side of things and innovative side of things. And so it's really hard to quantify, but forever grateful to be a Penn Stater. Fantastic. Toughest question of the podcast, <laughs> favorite Penn State memory? Yeah, that's almost impossible. I don't know how I, how I could not say a wide out. Quadruple overtime against Michigan, a few of the Ohio State ones. Uh, a couple Michigan State's ones were really good. It, it's really impossible to to pick a moment, but it's hard to beat a whiteout, I would say. That is true. People are going to realize that they should t- do an MD-PhD at Penn State because you could just stay there for like 10 years. That might not be a great sale. <laughs> <laughs> Why go for four years when you can go for 10? When you can go for 10. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to look for jobs. <laughs> yeah. Olivier, let me ask you, if, if you could visit with... Olivier, as a first-year medical student at Penn State, what advice would you share? It's a bit of a tough question, but I would say just keep doing what you're doing and enjoy the moment, enjoy first year. And the MD-PhD program does end at one day. I think that's probably the concern, number one, you think it'll never end. But I think you enjoy it, enjoy the experiences. I mean, two of my best friends were my med school classmates, and that, that first year was a lot of adjustments. So I think, you know, relax. It's not that bad, but really enjoy it all. Enjoy the friendships, enjoy the time studying, enjoy the time off, and really build on the the relationship that I've had, which I did. So I think I wouldn't change too much, to be frank. John, I'll, I'll ask actually you the same question because I'm curious, even though you didn't do your MD, PhD at Penn State, what would be your advice to someone who's first year MD, PhD? <sighs> That's uh, a very tough question. Now I feel bad for asking Olivier this question. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I think it is a really a long road, but I agree with what Olivia said. I think you, if you just enjoy each day as it comes and try not to, to think too far outside of, of the days, which is very hard, especially as your, as your friends and, and colleagues from other areas are going in different directions. It's a very extended academic track. But yeah, I think just try to focus on what you're enjoying about it. And it's true. It does end. And five years afterwards, doesn't forget about that time. Yeah. And the, the friends thing too, some of my greatest friends, you have a, a long kind of intense experience with, with a small group of people with similar interests and it does build a pretty strong relationship. So there's a lot of special components to that. Similar with, with these guys, my, my Penn State friends here too. I always said to you, remember, John, I said, when you graduated, we should have had a, from Yale with your MD, PhD, we should have had a party that was like a wedding. Cause <laughs> I was right. like, I man, saying that. so <laughs> impressed. And we still got to do it. We, all right. We're going to, Jared, we're going to do it. We're going to throw John a party a couple of years after the fact. Never too late to celebrate that, that journey. Certainly. You know, as we talk about advice, John asked you the question around advice to yourself. When you find out someone is considering Penn State, you know, what do you tell them? Why should they end up going there? Yeah, it's actually, I just had to do that. Uh, a cousin of mine was applying. It's a great university. You could do, uh, go anywhere, do anything at a high level. It's an incredible, if not the best, Fendi alumni base for uh, your connection. I mean, you're interested in the sciences, you could do it with the best. You're interested in the Humanities, you could do it with the best. Incredible experience. I think it's uh, it's a university where you'll have memories for life and you'll be absolutely set up for the future. And I know, Olivia, you just graduated with, uh, from Penn State with your with MD-PhD last year. So just being a year removed from the university, how do you still feel connected to the university these days? Yeah, it's still fresh. I'm actually going there in two weeks for oh, nice. uh, some award, some ceremony that, uh, that I was invited to. Wait, what award? You got to tell on, us. Hang on. Don't be so <laughs> modest. <laughs> <laughs> it's an alumni uh, achievement award. Oh, well done. Okay. Very nice. Congratulations. Well yeah. So it's, it's pretty exciting. I think we go up there with the dean one day and then we go with President Barron uh, the next day. So that'll be exciting. So I'll spend a day in Hershey and a day in that, at uh, University Park. And Great. get to meet uh, a lot of these folks there. So that'll be exciting. I mentioned the, some of the mentors I've had. I still keep in touch. I, a lot of my friends are still there, still in the program. And, and so I try to advise folks that are interested in plastic surgery or just maybe in Yale or fields, anything that I can help with. So I, I stay in touch with a lot of the folks down there and still home. And so I'm actually looking forward to going in a couple of weeks. So, you know, I, I'd say, you know, it's still fresh, obviously. So the connections are still there. The mentors are still there. And the football games are certainly still there. I try to make, I, I couldn't this year, but I try to make at least one game a year up up there so hopefully that'll be the year 2022 fantastic this has been a great 30 minutes it's a hard enough path what you're on the path that you're on and the path that you've already gone down but you mentioned that you started out with 80 dollars in your pocket from haiti man that's incredible and i think john touched on it earlier just an immense thanks for your dedication and all that you're doing to advance medicine and science and really just ultimately help people along the way. And that's just incredible. I mean, there's really no words to describe, I think, our gratitude for, for someone like yourself and really just appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule oh, as you. well and spending 30 <laughs> minutes with us. So thank you so much. Thanks. Uh, absolute pleasure. It's always love seeing my fellow Penn Stater. You know, I, I've 
told my wife every time I think there's a hundred percent rate now that every time we travel and I fly out of any airport, if I'm wearing a Penn State gear that I will get a we are. That's that happened in Scotland, that happened in the Netherlands, that happened everywhere the state. It's it's always great. When you spend that much time at a place, it just uh feels like I even went to high school at Penn State. <laughs> That's great. So and you know great. Yeah. You know when you always see someone in the airport, you always say we are Penn State. <laughs> Lion Legacy is a Baruder production. If you enjoy this Labor of Love podcast, we'd certainly appreciate it if you would subscribe and write us a review on your favorite podcast platform.